Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we left off our last conversation talking about essentially employers-employee relations. And you had brought up a concept of the society not valuing individuals' gifts. Uh, your couple of examples were people who are of empathy, people who are influencers, and, and stuff of that nature. And from an intellectual standpoint, and from what I've actually seen in real life, what tends to happen is if you have a group of people, however you dictate that group, who have a skill set in something that's their natural skill set, or maybe a developed skill set, and they're good at it, they will either create a way to make it economically profitable, or they will find a way. We do have a lot of people, for whatever reason, trying to be something they're not. And the joy of the way that the structure is created is that you can go and find something to to match your skill set. You might have to grow your skill set better or become better at it. Now, the question that becomes, well, how much is that worth to the economy? Because ultimately, it's the economy that dictates what everything's worth. You know, if we all woke up in the mid-80s and said, I only want my phone to be tethered to a wall, and none of us ever invested in a cell phone, there wouldn't be iPhones now. But someone said, oh, that'd be cool to drive around with a phone. I could get more work done or whatever. So... Each of our buying choices directly impact what the production side is, which would be the employee side. So that's why. So for some reason, people will pay thousands of dollars for a haircut. I barely walk into my uh, bathroom and shave my own head. So you can <laughs> see that there's we have different values on things because each individual has the freedom to have different wants expressed. Some people want a flashy car. Some people want to have the lowest payment they can have and everywhere in between. So I don't think there's ever going to be a way to dictate to people what they should want. But with the the system that we have is if your goal is to just generate the biggest amount of income for your family, you can go out and see which skill sets pay the most there's billions of websites out there that do that and go oh, okay med doctors pay more than lawyers i'm gonna spur into that and just will and determination can get you there so i bring this up because the same thing happened with essentially after world war ii when the men came back and everyone wanted to force the women out well there was a lot of women who had good skill sets and there were some companies who realized no one's hiring these people. I'm just going to go out and do it. And then they took off. And pretty much anywhere where you see a group that's excluded, the companies that go in and are willing to hire them just strictly based upon their skill and not upon any other characteristic end up being the companies that thrive. And they also end up being what you called I think it was stableness of consciousness or something that effectively meant competence at the top. Um, what was that? Competence that t- hierarchy. Competence hierarchy. 
you're never realistically going to have that everywhere. And I think that that's part of why I like our system of capitalism so much. If you're in a situation that you don't like, you can make yourself better so you can get into a situation where management is smart and they respect you. Not where it's a high-stress environment that if you mess up, you're going to go home crying and not want to talk to anyone, um, which also still exists in this country because people are not always good managers. It's a hard skill that most people don't have, period. So um, that was kind of my conclusion on the production part. And before we get into distribution, I want to make sure that I didn't box any of your thoughts out. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess I would just reiterate, you know, the there are probably things that we <clears throat> that we take for granted. And I was sort of proposing that there were skills that are worth paying for, you know, to since we're we're talking about uh, embracing value as, you know, in a monetary way. But and skills, relationship building skills, you know, someone who's positive in an environment, you know, maybe the secretary is not the best secretary, but she makes everybody else feel great. And she makes everybody else work better and able to do the things that they do better. You know, it's hard to put up that on a resume. And I just wonder if we're, if we're always valuing the full range of humanity and the benefit that people can provide beyond certain measurable results uh, that was uh, part of what i was proposing at the end of the last uh the last cast and uh and then in terms of uh i guess i would also object that um i think you said with a certain amount of dedication and hard work you can do anything uh no you can't uh i i will never be a, a brain surgeon you know i will never uh, i'll never be an nba basketball star and I never could have been. Didn't matter how much hard work I was going to put into it. It was never going to happen. Um, and and there are people who are never going to be good counselors and who just don't have the capacity to listen to people in a really deep way that can be healing. You know, so I think there's uh, that's part of the flaw of the American dream that's uh, you know that we don't often address enough. I think. Um, and then just a, a last point, you said. One of the benefits of our system is that if you're in a bad place, you can just leave. Um, no, you can't. So there are a lot of people who are, and it's a cascading effect. Because if you're in a bad place, first of all, you feel bad about yourself. You know, and when you feel bad about yourself because you've been driven to the bottom of uh, a competence hierarchy and you're stuck there and you are going home crying and stressed like you described, it's pretty hard to get the motivation, like to actually change your, your circumstances takes a lot. It takes a lot from people to be able to do that because you've got to walk out into, into the most vulnerable situation of having nothing. A, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You know, it's like, I, I, only, I don't have what I want, but it's more than nothing, and I'm afraid to let go of it. And so actually changing circumstances is, takes a tremendous amount of courage, energy, risk, if the if the situation so maybe uh, theoretically there's some job out in California, but getting from Pittsburgh out to California, or having the resources. So anyway, just to uh, just to push against that a little bit, it's it is it's more possible than uh, I don't know maybe some other systems where you don't even have the opportunity to switch positions. 
but it's not so easy as just like yeah if you're you know if it's a bad situation just do it well yeah so so first off yes everything you said there was right um for the example of doctor to lawyer i was assuming that if you had the competency to become a doctor you could also have the same skill set to become a lawyer and it was i basically meant as a binary choice between a or b you're right there are some people who are never going to be wired to sit in front of a or stand in front of a group and articulate and and give speeches it, it, there's people who just don't have that in them there's also people who never want to sit in front of a cubicle again so or people who can't be good managers as you pointed out exactly so so all of us have different gifts inherently given to us and i'm not saying that you can it goes back to what you said before you should go with what you're already naturally good at to move better and the other part of this is is i'm not saying that you do this all yourself because you are right if you are in a situation where it's not a good working environment and you don't want to be there, there is an a, a inherent fear of change always. Of There's something here, there's something isn't, which is why I've brought up in the past before to help yourself if you're in that situation, save. Um, you know, go out and figure out how much money you spend a day and then save up so you've saved a day's worth, a day's worth of expenses, not income, but expenses. And then you've saved a week, and then you saved a month, and then you saved three months, and then maybe when you start getting out to an area where you're comfortable, now okay, I'm willing to take this risk because I don't need to find a job on Tuesday. I have time that I actually can vet out these places to make sure I'm not going to end up putting myself right back in the same situation I'm in right now. So the, f- the first step is, is saving. And the other element of that is, no, not all of this can be done by yourself. So that's where obviously family comes into play. You, know, you have people around you who see that, you know what, it's just not worth it, you know, yeah, sure. Even if you're making a ton of money, sure, you're making a ton of money, but you're never home anymore. You're working 80 hours a week. You're never in the city. You're always out of town. You know, why don't you just do something else? Um, and it, it normally will take an outside voice to see that because ourselves have a hard time stepping out of ourselves to objectively look at us. Which gets to your last point there about how there are some jobs just people will not be able to do. I get why adults don't tell kids their limitations outright. Like, hey, your parents are both 5'1". You're never going to be 6'7". You're not going to be a power (laughs) forward. I get why we don't do that inherently. (laughs) But what we also should probably do instead is give them the ability to objectively look at themselves. You know, all right, you've been on this planet for 15 years. What do you like doing and what are you good at? Well, I'm good at, you know, fixing stuff. You know, lawnmower broke, I fixed it, whatever. Um, Okay, well, why don't we look into stuff like that? Where does that end up leading if that's your propensity? And so on and so forth. Um, so that's something that I think that we should do. Because you are right. I mean, there is no way on planet Earth I could be, um, what are they called, data miners, where they sit in front of a computer all day and figure <laughs> yeah. everything out. I couldn't do it. 
And there's a great deal of people out there who can never sell. They just can't sell stuff. that's right. So, and that's fine. I mean, just like anything else, you need everything in the team. And as you were saying before is, yeah, just because one secretary can type 100 words a minute, but no one wants to be around her. And another secretary is just sitting at the water cooler all day, keeping everyone happy. Um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the average effect um, and the way that you measure value. And you're right. Every company measures value differently. And that's why you have different working environments. <laughs> um, so it's just the way that it is. And that comes down to the hiring philosophy and the managers has nothing to do with gender, race, or anything like that. It just has to do with people's personalities. And, you know, what are you going to do about that? So at the end of the day, not every manager's good. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, it just occurs to me, too, you know, I, what I was trying to point out by the, the secretary that sits at the water cooler is that, you know, we don't even, we don't even look for someone who does that. Like, we don't, we don't even consider that to be a hireable position. But why don't we? No, oh, that's, that's not a... true. Some some very consciously well, factor but... that in. Um, so, I think where you get into the issue is is when it's painted, people will paint capitalism and companies as by the numbers. On paper, you did this, you did that. And companies that try to do that do not last very long. It, they just don't. If you don't create an atmosphere where people want to be there, as employees, it's not going to translate to your clients and customers, and therefore your company will die. Um, when I when I started, I was in a company that was just X's and O's, no personality. You're a robot. You sell this, you make this work. Um, now that obviously I've had a chance to create some of my own things uh, and see how a lot of other people came, it's amazing. Once you become a business owner, you join the club and you can talk to all of the other ones and see how they do their thing. The ones that actually get it to work are the ones that do value having positive effects, even if it doesn't always economically pan out. What I was saying in the last episode is the fundamental facts. You have to bring in more money than you're paying out or no one will have a job because there won't be a business anymore. So you got to make sure that problem's solved. But for long-term success, you have to have, you know, a true effect of positive relations. You know, you can see all the cool car commercials you want in your life. Most people buy from the dealer that makes them feel the most happy and comfortable. Yeah. And everyone's running around stressed out to make their quota. It ain't going to be a happy place. Yeah, well, there's some big empires. I mean, steel empires, coal empires, uh, you know. I don't know that Charles Schwab and Dale Carnegie were too concerned about everybody uh, being happy on the line. So, you know, we, we can certainly stretch in some of those directions that uh, various kinds of pressures can create different kinds of environments. I'm, uh, I was just thinking, too, you know, the, uh, even paying someone uh, for having a wife at home. Now, that's going to raise all kinds of alarms, but let me just say it that way without being prejudiced in other directions. But, you know, what impact does it have on someone to have a wife at home? That that person is going to be a little bit more happy to go home is probably, you know, if she, whatever, just presuming she's really a housemaker, which is 
uh, should be a high-paid position, let's be honest, uh, because it's an incredible service. Creating a happy family home environment where there's like proper nutrition and good balance in life and she helps him to keep his stuff in order and she, like, we should pay for that. Why do we not pay for that? Now, the the capitalist approach would be, well, if the guy with the wife at home who functions in the way like I described it does the things that, you know, that I'm describing, well, he's going to be more productive, fruitful, happy, et cetera, and so he's going to raise up the ranks and do better. Um, but anyway, I'm just, just trying to tease out some kind of non-traditional, <laughs> ironically, that's a traditional concept, but to, to view it in a non-traditional way that there's, a, there's an economic value if you're going to put dollar signs on everything to having some of these uh, other supports, other skills, other human developed qualities that often don't show up well on resumes. I don't know how many people put on a resume. You know, I have a wife at home that takes care of me and cooks for me and takes care of the children, and I have a really happy home environment, and so you should hire me. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. That's never going to be written down on paper. But if, if you're even halfway good at doing an interview, you should be able to pick up on stuff like that. You might not be able to pinpoint why the guy has a certain happiness or joy to him, but you'll be able to see it. Uh, it, it. It's like a spark. You can just, you don't know why the fire's lit in the distance, whether it's from a blowtorch or a candle, but there's a flame over there. Um, <laughs> if, if you're nice. good at interviewing, you'll be able to tell. Um, this, I guess this just gets back to the point that there's a whole lot of bad managers. Um, but to what you were saying before about these multi-empires of, of years gone by, on the one hand, they are radically changing because they have to. Uh, two reasons why. First is is there's flat out more competition. The more interconnected our world becomes, the better everything has to be. Um, you know, we look around the world. Most of the cars in this country, or most of the cars, period, are made in America, Asia, or, or essentially Central Europe. There's nothing that comes out of Russia because they didn't have competition. They had whole Soviet bloc. Here's your one car. Deal with it. And everyone else had to fight. You know, is Ford going to be better than Chevy? Is Toyota going to make this better? And now you go around and you look at a car in 2019, you're not going to die unless you're going like 300 miles an hour into a concrete wall these things are all built super safe they're all super efficient and essentially you're just picking which color and style do you like more there's not really from a safety and mechanical standpoint all that much difference between them versus what it was and everything's becoming better and for some reason it took people to realize that now that the internet can show you all these different jobs and rate internal company atmospheres, they're realizing you have to do that too. So that's why you see things like uh, Google, which has an entire campus designed for fun, um, and Zapdos and stuff like that. People are starting to go to the extremes and saying, hey, you know, we're Google. We're, we're a major company. You might not agree with everything we do, but we're trying to take care of our employees and the people that want to be in this atmosphere are drawn to it. You know, that's the other part of it. People are drawn to different atmospheres. 
I have a lot of partners that would hate to be in a bright room with like background noise. They want to sit in front of their desk and draw engineer reports, do data mining and stuff like that and never see the light of day. And that is happy to them. So <laughs> I, I think that in a sense, we're, we're trying to become specialized to that original desire of what we were saying we should be our goal get to people to what their personality and skill sets most naturally fit to because there's a lot of overlap between what your skills are and what you want to be surrounded by and i think that we're getting closer to that point than we ever has as a general economy and i think the reason is is because we have to um because if not the people that you want are going to go to somewhere that they feel happier at um you know, all else equal, that's the way that it works. Yeah, again, the people who have the flexibility to do that, and that's where, you know, to be a voice for the poor who can't, you know, that's that's how you build up the steel empire and the coal empire is because you have enough people who are desperate to have anything to put food on the table that you can exploit them. You know, and that's and that's where unbridled capitalism can become very problematic and and so whether it's breaking up the monopolies, which is part of what you were pointing out, um, or whether it's, you know, actually advocating for the poor who don't have the opportunities or, or didn't get the skill sets because they didn't have a McDonald's to work at or, you know, had some disadvantaged home lives that created a chaos that made school difficult. And now, you know, they're, they're behind the curve. And anyway, but uh, agreeing with what you're saying and then just sort of raising a flag for yeah, the uh, those disadvantaged populations. And that's actually going to be the emphasis of our next cast there is for those that are part of the poor um, or not participating, what, what ought the answer to be, um, both from a natural standpoint and then also from a practical standpoint? You know, what, what is it that we should do? So we do thank everyone out there for listening. And following us here, if you have not already, please click subscribe to the podcast and tell a couple friends about it because we really have been growing lately and we thank you guys for being with us out there each and every Tuesday. Thank you and have a great week.